Welcome to our class on Chassidus. This week we're learning a beautiful Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe. The name of the Hasidic discourse is called Nasai Yisroish. The Rebbe said this Hasidic discourse in Shabbos Parshas Nasai. Yud Bey Sivan, the 12th day of the month of Sivan in the year, Tavshin Memches, exactly 30 years ago. So the Hasidic discourse is based on the verse where it says, Nasai Yisroish Bnei Gershon Gamheim. You should elevate the head of the family of Gershon, Gam, Haim, also them. So the Alter Rebbe, in the famous classical Sefer, the Kutei Torah, um, in the beginning of this Torah portion of Nasei Yisroish, which we call the Kutei Torah, the Hasidic Torah portion of the week. So he asked a very simple question. Why does it say, Gam, Haim, also them? It should, it should tell us, elevate the head. What does it mean, also them? Also, he asks, why, when it comes to Merari, doesn't it say you should elevate their head as well? Why only by Gershon? And it also says again, Gamheim, also them. So he explains as follows with an introduction. We have to understand the whole idea and the purpose of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and the tabernacle and its traveling in the desert. In other words, the Mishkan that was in the tabern in the desert. So the Mishkan was traveling with the Jewish people, we're on the way to the destiny, the goal, to go to the land of Israel. And as it's called, Eretz Neshevis, a land that we dwell in. You don't let dwell and live in the desert, you travel in the desert. So we're traveling in the Mishkan, with the Mishkan in the desert to come to the Eretz Neshevis, which is the land of Israel. Why do we have to understand this? Very simple, because even though it's a story of the past, this exactly story of the past, the technical story, the physical story of the past, we also have this spiritual avoidah, which we're going to learn what the spiritual avoid is, a spiritual work is, we also have today. Why? Because the fact is, we know, that even though there was a mishkan of the past, but the Mishkan, the dwelling place of Hashem, exists within every single one of us. As the verse says clearly, Hashem says, I'll dwell amongst them. It doesn't say B'Soychoi, specifically singular into the tabernacle, but it says plural, B'Soychom, in them. What does that mean within them? So we know it means B'Soychol Echad V'Echad B'Yisrael. That V'Shachanti, Hashem dwells within each and every one of us. So just like then, the tabernacle was a means to take us through the desert so we should get to the land of Israel. The same thing also, the Vishakhanti that Hashem is dwelling within us while we are here now in Golos, it's a preparation for our destination. What's our de destination? The tremendous revelation that's going to take place in the future when Mashiach comes. Because what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? When Mashiach comes, all the, all the components that are not with the will of Hashem is going to totally be um, uh, naught and nullified. As the, as the verse says, clearly, in reference to Mashiach comes, the evil, the, the impure spirit, Hashem is going to take away from the earth. And what's going to happen then is, so A, the, the, the impure spirit's going to go away. That's taking away the negative. 
but we're not going to be in, in a neutral zone. But the verse says, continues, the verse says, V'ach toiv chesed. It's going to be only toiv good, the chesed and kindness for everybody. So if that's the case, if there's not going to be anything impure, and it's going to be only good and kindness, what are we going to be doing then? When Mashiach comes. So the Rebbe says clearly, what's going to be our avoid? What's going to be our spiritual service when Mashiach comes? It's going to be ba'aliyot. And what kind of aliyot? What kind of elevations? Elevations and holiness. So in other words, there's not going to be any impurity. There's only going to be good and kindness, but we're going to be busy with higher level and higher levels of holiness and kindness and goodness and peace and happiness. Now, so what happened in the desert was, we were going to the land of Israel, we are going to the holy place where Hashem is revealed, so the preparation for going to the land of Israel was we had to go into the desert. What was the purpose of going into the desert? To subdue Anything which is l'umazeh, anything which is counter to godliness. And by getting rid of the godliness, we prepare for coming into the land of Israel where everything is being beautiful and everything is godly. Why is that? Because we all know, Dara brings down and he says that the Midbar, the desert, is the source of, I'll say it in Hebrew, yenika sachitsainium, that anything external, Anything negative is all leaks out and leaches out from the spiritual desert. Like, for example, the Rebbe quotes the verse, and it says, what happened in the desert? What was in the desert? There was a nachash, sorof, the akrave, snakes, scorpions, uh, fire, etc. And then it says, with simoin, there was a tremendous thirst because there's no water. So what does that mean practically? Obviously, practically, we know what it means. What does it mean spiritually? Nachash, Saraf, Vyakrev, those three, refers to, on a spiritual level, Gimel, Klipo, Tatmeot. The three impure Klipo that cannot be elevated. That was obviously in the desert. And the Tzimain, the thirst, where there was no water, is actually the fourth Klipo, which is obviously even worse. Now, so that's the spiritual desert. So the desert resembles the three klipot, Nachasharaf Akrev, the fourth klipa, Tzimoin, a thirst where there's no water. And when the Jewish people went in the desert and they had the Mishkan, the goal was to nullify anything which is, in a, which is inappropriate, which is not godly, and which is not godliness. To nullify the three impure klipot and even the fourth klipa. Like it says in the oral law, which is basically, we know the oral law is an explanation of the written law, because the Torah was given main points, the, Torah, the, written, law, the, uh, the written law, and the oral law has all, all the details. And what does it say in Torah Shabbat What does it say in the oral law? That the Ananim, the clouds that accompany the Jewish people in the desert, what did the clouds do? They would destroy all the negative forces, all the mazikim, anybody that wanted to harm the Jewish people, the clouds destroyed it. In other words, before the Mishkan was built, how did we get, get rid of all the negativity? Hashem protected us with the clouds of glory. And the clouds of glory destroyed and obliterated all the negativity. What happened once the Mishkan was built? Then we traveled as well. But once the Mishkan was built, then we had the Ark that was in the Mishkan, the tab- tabernacle. As we know, uh, where it says, when we, when we take out the Torah, we say, Vayihi bin Soya 
when the ark would travel, what would happen? The afutsu oivecha. All our enemies would get to disappear. The Torah has the power to get rid of all the enemies, obviously after the Mishkan was built. Before that, it was done by the clouds of glory. Now, that was in the desert. And the desert prepared us to go into the land of Israel. But the same idea, by getting rid of the klipot, getting rid of the negative forces, and bringing in Torah into our life, we prepare the world by getting rid of the klipot, by getting in negative forces, for the Asad Lave, for Mashiach comes, and we're not going to have any negative forces, we're only going to have positive forces, and we're going to keep on growing higher and higher in a spiritual level. And as Rebbe says, we know what it says in the Prophets, that what's going to happen, what's going to happen when Mashiach comes, the Rebbe brings a powerful verse from the Prophet Isaiah, and he says as follows, we know there's a Hashem on the world. There's a God in the world. There's a mentor, there's a teacher, there's a guide that runs everything, created the world, maintains the world. So unfortunately in Galos, there's Yikonif. We don't see Meirecha, our guide and our teacher. But when Mashiach comes, says, that your teacher is not going to be, so to speak, hidden. But on the country, we're going to see in a revealed way our teacher, our mentor, because godliness is going to be revealed in a beautiful way. And as the Altar explains in Tanya, black and white, simple English, what's going to be Mashiach comes? There's going to be Giliolikus, Mamish, literally. God is going to be revealed in a real way. Instead of seeing physical things, materialistic things, or who obviously for sure not the klipot and negativity, but we're going to see God and godliness in everything. Up to the point of the Alterites and Tanya, not only are we going to see Hashem revealed, we're going to see the revelation of the essence of Hashem Himself. That's what Mashiach is going to be all about. We're going to see feel and live with Hashem himself. And as the Rebbe brings the famous quote, I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it, we're going to see koyach hapoyel benifel. In other words, when something is created, you don't see the creator, but when Mashiach comes, we're going to see the creator and everything that was created. So when you're going to see, for example, a mountain, you're not going to see the mountain. You're going to see Hashem in the mountain. You're going to see a wall, you're going to see Hashem in the wall. Whatever you're going to see, you're going to see the, the driving force, the real force behind its existence. And the Rebbe says, which means that nifl, the thing that exists, is referring to all seder hishtalshlus, on all levels, from the highest to the lowest. When you're going to open your eyes, what are you going to see? You're going to see literally Hashem and everything. And literally, even in this materialistic, physical world, the lowest world, because we know there's a tzilut, where God is revealed, Bria less, Yitzira less, and obviously I see in this world, Hashem is totally not revealed. We have to work hard to see Him. But when Mashiach comes, even in this world, Oilum Hasiyah, we're going to see Koyach HaPoyol Bahanifal. And like the Rebbe uh, brings... Uh, the, way, the way it's explained, um, the, uh, the the prayer that we say in high holidays, what does it say? Every person, everything that was created is going to know, not only see, we're going to know, das, we're going to know that you created us. What is that referring to? It's referring to literally this physical world, that even in this world, what's going to be revealed is Hashem. Now,
how do we how do we make that happen? So what happens as the preparation happens was by building the Mishkan, building the tabernacle, which was in the desert. And the same thing also, that was the Mishkan in the past. But the same thing also like building the Mishkan, which is in every one of our souls internally. So when we build the Mishkan within our souls, we prepare the world that we will all see the Koyach HaPoyol Nifal. So now, obviously, if, uh, the rabbi is saying is that it's the Mishkan of the past in the tabernacle, but we each have a Mishkan within us. And by building our Mishkan, we will see Hashem, God and godliness, the essence of Hashem and everything. So we need to know what that means practically. The Rebbe is going to explain beautifully, practically, what it means to build our Mishkan, to build our tabernacle within us, so that we can make ourselves and the world ready to see God and godliness and everything in the world. So Rebbe explains as follows when he says like this. Generally speaking, in the Mishkan, the physical Mishkan that existed, there were three components. Again, there was more, but generally speaking, there's three, which we're going to be speaking about in depth in this discourse. And he says like this. What are the three components? Component number one, you had the Kleha Mishkan. You had the vessels of the Mishkan. That's component number one. Multiple vessels, but generally vessels. Then you had the Ureos. You had the curtains, the drapes in the Mishkan. Second type of component. The third component is the Kroshim, the, the wooden posts that were around the Mishkan. Now, that's the, generally speaking, three things. The vessels, the curtains, and the posts. What does that mean practically in our serving Hashem? So the vessels of the Mishkan, which we know the highest and most powerful vessel in the Mishkan was what? The Ark. What does the Ark resemble? The Ark resembles Torah. So what I was saying is all the vessels resemble Torah, and specifically the Ark, which is the most important vessel in the Mishkan, resembles the idea of learning Torah. That's the, that's the vessels. So the vessels are connected to Torah. What is the, the drapes? What does that resemble? That resembles prayer, tefillah. What's the connection with drapes and prayer? Because we know that drapes are makif. You hang drapes around. And the prayer is also makif. It also encompasses us around us. Why? Because when a person prays, how do you pray? When someone prays and someone's really into praying, you see them like emotionally charged. In Hebrew, it's called the midos. The emotions are on fire. And Midois are considered, it's a very powerful insight, uh, to reference to Midois here, that Midois are considered Makif. Now, even though generally Midois is Pnimi, it's your emotions, but when you're comparing, since we mentioned Torah, which is more intellect, and intellect we know is internal, so when it comes to Midois, emotions in, in contrast to intellect, so Midois are considered Makif. And as in, in reference to Torah, Torah we know is more Pnimius, more internal. How do we know Torah is more internal? Because when it says about Torah, it says, V'tayroscha, your Torah b'soich me'ai, is within my innards, within my stomach. So you see, Torah is we take it in internally. Uh, up to the point, you know, when you learn Torah, how do you learn Torah? Just, wow, ideas? No, you have to sit, and you have to learn, and you have to meditate. And literally, it comes one with you. So Torah is something which is more panemius, it becomes one with you. And Midas is something which is more external. So that is, so far again, 
the um, the kalim, which is a Torah, is more um, connected to, um, to 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 premius, and the uh, the drapes are more makif, which is basically the idea of, of the midos, which is connected to prayer. And um, the third thing is the post, the krushim, the the wooden posts that were in the, were in the mishkan that resembles humility, standing with humility. So we have Torah which is connected to the ark. You have prayer, which is connected to the drapes externally. And then you have the post, which is standing at attention, which is basically humility. What's the connection with humility? So it brings the verse where it says in the Torah, it says, V'yasisas akrashim, you should make the post. Atzei shitim, made out of wood, cedar wood, oyimdim, they're standing. What does standing mean? So the Rebbe says standing represents humility. What does that mean? You're standing. You're standing strong on your position. Learning, you're using your intellect. Prayer, you're excited. Humility is respect. You're accepting whatever Hashem wants and has in store for you. So based on this, Rebbe explains why the Mishkan was specifically from Atzei Shittim. They were made out of cedar wood, but they were Oyindim. They were standing, specifically they were standing. They weren't laying flat, but they were standing. Why? They asked a simple question. What does Oymde mean? It's standing. One second. We know that Judaism is all about moving. You don't want to be in the same spot. You want to be a Mahalach. You want to be going. And as we know, the verse says clearly, even a Sati Lachai gave you Mahalchim. Neshama is a Mahalchim. We are people that move. We are people that grow. Bain Ha'oyimdim. Amongst the ones that are standing, which is referring to angels. And as explained in many, many places, that this is the, the power that the Neshama has by coming down to this world. Because when before the Neshama came down to the world, what does it say? Chai Hashem. Elekei Yisrael. Shamanti Lefanav. When the Neshama was on high, it stood at attention. And Amadati. It says specifically it stood at attention. But when the Neshama comes down into this world and it does its spiritual work, then it becomes a Mahalach. Then it becomes, it's a mover. That it means it's, it's elevating from one level to the next. But so if that's the case, if we are all about growth, if we are all about Mahalchim, so why was the Mishkan made out of Atzei Shittim that are Oyndim? Standing on one spot? What's the message here? We're supposed to be moving. And Rebbe said like this, if we're talking about angels, Angels, we know they stand in the same spot. Why? Because it says clearly, Srofim, which is referring to the angels, them are standing, Mimaloi. And um, the Medrash says, actually, that one of the reasons why the, the Karashim are them, they're standing, is because they're actually compared to angels. So angels are standing. And again, the Medrash says that the, the Karashim, the posts, are called them because they're like angels. And obviously because angels are spiritual. And on a spiritual level, the void of the angels is to stand. Attention, whatever Hashem says. But on the other hand, the Mishkan we know is we're in this physical world. And in this physical world, you don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to be standing. You want to be moving. So if that's the case, why were the Krushim made out of Atzei Shittin that are in them? That are seated the where that are standing? So the Rebbe explains here, and he says something very, very powerful powerful idea because the Torah is trying to teach us that the foundation the foundation that's point number one and the beginning 
of any service of Hashem has to be, I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it, bitul betachlis, totally humbled to Hashem. So again, this, the, the foundation and the beginning of serving Hashem, you want to enter into a relationship with Hashem, you have to show up, Hineni, I'm here. Hashem, you're the boss, what is needed? That's the way it starts. And if it doesn't start that way, you didn't start off right, go back and start again. So again, this is key. What the Rebbe is saying is that the beginning and the foundation of serving Hashem, showing up, you have to show up with humility. And on the contrary. That's why it says, Atzei Shittim. See the word that we're standing. Because even though, if you think about it, what's an eight? What's, what's wood? Wood comes from a tree. Trees grow. In its nature, a tree is growing. Which is the opposite of standing in the same place. But our job is to affect within growth they should stand and they should be humble to Hashem. So yes, even though we are by nature we're growers and we're going to grow, but when starting, look at that tree. That tree was growing, but when it stood in the Mishkan, it stood at attention. The same thing also, you want to start a relation with Hashem? Humility. Hineni, here I am. And Rebbe says this component of humility that we find in the Mishkan, we're standing at attention, was even more felt in the actual Beit HaMikdash. The Mishkan was a traveling tabernacle. But even in the ultimate Beit HaMikdash that was built in Yerushalayim Merakoydish. Why? Because the fact is, look at the Beit HaMikdash. How was it built? It was built from stone and it was built from earth. And the fact, and the fact is on a literal level, when you put a stone in a, in a spot or earth, it's much more standing in one's, in, one's, in one's place and it represents more of a bittel. It's even a deeper humility and humbleness to Hashem. And as like the Rebbe says, explained many, many, many places on based on the verse, that the walls of our house are, are, are strong, which, and they explain according to Chassidus, that it's referring to the level of humility which was in the base of Migdash much greater than the Mishkan. So the beginning of the Avoida is humility. It's in the Mishkan and even stronger in the base of Mikdash. That's the way it starts. Once you come with Bittal, once you come with humility, once you come with respect, and you have, and the Rebbe says, Bittal Mukhlet. I mean, we're talking intense, real, pure, organic humility. Afterwards, sure. You have to start moving, you have to start elevating, you have to start growing, and then you go to the level of Urias. Urias is all about growth, emotions, charged. And we know that Urias are made out of not only Tsoimeach, things that grow, the Urias are made out of actually the hide of animals that had much more life force. So, based on this, the Rebbe explains why, when it comes to Bnei Merari, like we asked in the beginning of Siddhartha's discourse, it doesn't say Nasa Yisraish, elevate the head. But by Bnei Gershon it says, Nasa Yisraish, but it says Gamheim also them, and who also like Bnei Kahas. So Nasa Yisraish, pure, that's Bnei Kahas, which what they resemble. Gamheim is Gershon. They have, they, they have Nasa Yisraish, but only, so to speak, second class to Bnei Kahas. And Bnei Rari does no Bnei Yisraish. Why? And they're explained beautifully, and it sounds like this. <coughs> What is the avoida of Bnei Merari? So if you think about the word, Merari comes from the Mar. 
Mar comes from, from, from bitterness. And when someone's bitter, someone is remorseful, that brings to humility. So the avoid of Bnei Merari, even though they were complete, they had everything, but their main avoid was to be bitter. The avoid of Bnei Merari is what? Bittal. And because they were bittal, they represented humility. Therefore, what, the, what was the Bnei Merari's job in the Mishkan? Beautiful. What was their job? They're the ones that carry the Krushim, the posts, the posts that were standing, the posts that were humble. So Bnei Merari represented humility. Their job was to deal with humility. So since they were all about humility, it doesn't say Nasayis Reish, elevate their head. Okay, on the contrary, what, what was their job? What did they engage with? Humility. What kind of Nasayis Reish? You don't have to elevate their head. They represent humility, which is the opposite of elevating the head. It would be a contradiction. <clears throat> so that's what Bnei Merari. So therefore Bnei Merari, there's no Nasayis Reish. Why? Because it's all about humility. And their job is humility. On the, on the contrary, where does it say Nasayas Roish? Exclusive by Bnei Kahas. What did Bnei Kahas deal with? They carry the ark. What was in the ark? The Torah. So therefore, it says Nasayas Roish, elevate their head. Because where do you elevate your head? Where do you transform your mind? On the greatest level, that's through Torah. When someone learns Torah, you can literally transform and elevate your head to the highest levels. So by Bnei Kost, it says, Nasayis not a physical elevating the head. Learning Torah. When you learn Torah, that will elevate your head. And when it comes to Bnei Gershon, it says, elevate, but Gamheim, also them. And there's Nasayis Roish, who's the protege of elevating the head? That's Kahas, learning Torah. Nasayis Roish of Gershon is connected to them. Why? Knows they are their second class of Bnei Kosu in reference to elevating the head. Why? Because what was the what was the spiritual work of Gershon? Prayer. And when it comes to prayer, so prayer on its own, you don't elevate your head by prayer. Prayer you come with humility. But nevertheless, what happens after you pray? After you pray and you get connected to Hashem, then you go learn Torah. So in other words, the elevating of the head in prayer is only because it's going to bring you afterwards to learning Torah. And if we know it says, that your prayer is close to your bed, therefore, therefore you have also the idea of some component of Nasayis Rosh. So based on this, Trevor explains, you know, this way it was the Mishkan. Torah, elevate the head. Tefillah, half and half. And then humility. And there it says, this is basically what our spiritual work is every single day. Here you have your mission statement. Here you have your to-do list, how you should behave and how you should run your day every single day. What's our avoid every day? The way we start our day is bittal. We start our day, hineni. Hashem, what do you need from me? I'm ready to accept whatever you need me to do. The level of what? Bnei Merari. Standing straight, hineni. And guess what? You start that way, you're in the door. Then, what do you do after you're ready? Then you pray. And when you finish praying, then you come to the level of what? Learning Torah. And the Rebbe explains, by doing this spiritual work, starting off with humility, and then praying, and then learning Torah, and we do this, which is a quote from the prophets, in the, in the, in the desert, 
the physical desert and the spiritual de desert. And there's a specifically in the time of exile, time of Gullus, and specifically in this last exile, and specifically the Rebbe says, after the previous Rebbe announced and made a proclamation, that we have to get ready for the redemption. And he even took it a step further. He said, let's all stand ready for Mashiach to come. By doing our spiritual work, humility, prayer, and Torah study, we will come to the tremendous revelation of what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. Which as we said, we quoted the verse in the beginning of the Hasidic Discourse from Prophet Isaiah. That our eyes are going to see in everything Hashem. And, the Rebbe says, and this is actually interesting, it's actually appropriate right now because right now we just celebrated Shavuos. We just celebrated Matan Torah. And Rebbe said this, this goes to Shabbos after Matan Torah. Because Rebbe says, and what happened in Matan Torah? When Hashem gave the Torah. Hashem revealed Himself. And the revelation that took place in Matan Torah is, is on par and compared to the level what's going to be like when, 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 when Mashiach comes. And since we are reliving these days now, and we're talking about it, we're remembering it, so the Rebbe says, therefore, since we just experienced Matan Torah, so this year we were able to draw in the tremendous revelation of Matan Torah, not past, but literally in this year. And from here we have the power and the strength that this is how it's going to be when Mashiach comes. And especially when we add in our spiritual work, in our spiritual desert, in the three areas, again, Humble, humility, bittel, tefillah, prayer, Torah study, and specifically, the Rebbe takes it up on action, he says, by learning Pneumius Torah, by learning Chassidus. Right now, we're learning Chassidus, we're learning Kabbalah, we're learning Pneumius Torah. What's the power of Pneumius Torah? Because we know when it comes to Pneumius Torah, Chassidus, in Nigla, there's a question back and forth, and an answer, and an argument, etc. In Pneumius Torah, there's no questions. There's no answers, there's no arguments, it's just seeing Hashem and godliness. And like it's brought down, the author brings in Tanya, in Geras HaKodesh, and he brings over there what it says in the Zoyar, that with this book of Zoyar, and Chassidus, and Kabbalah, etc., we are going to go out of Golis Berachamim, with compassion of Hashem, and we're going to have the ultimate redemption, with peace, but true peace, in a way that there's not going to be room for any arguments, any war. And like the Rebbe brings from the uh, Hasidic discourse of Padre B'Shalim, redeem my soul in peace of the Mittler Rebbe. And he explains over there, Padre B'Shalim, give me peace. I want to have real peace. And he says, the Mittler Rebbe says, that the true peace is going to be when? When Mashiach comes. Why? Because right now, unfortunately, there's a lot of impurity in the world. When Mashiach comes, the impurity is going to go away. Ruach Hatuma Avir Menoritz. Hashem is going to take away the impurity from the world. And we're all going to go to the Holy Land. And in a way, not only go to the Holy Land, the verse of Hashem is going to expand the boundaries. And we're going to go to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem, Irakhoidesh, the Holy City. And like it says in the verse, Rechava, Hashem is going to expand the boundaries. And when is it going to happen? The Rebbe says clearly, take it from Yad Mamish. It's going to happen right away. And Hashem is not going to hold us back even like the blink of an eye. And we're going to have the Geula, 
the redemption, the complete redemption, and the true redemption. It's a short Hasidic discourse, but it's a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse because the Rebbe is showing us how we can literally experience today the Hoyu Einecha Royo We can see godliness in our lives. Three step process humility, prayer, and Torah study. And let's hope and pray that we all practice our humility, our prayer, our Torah study. We're going to see the greatest revelation with Mashiach Tidkenu Bimheira Vyamenu Mamash. And hopefully, God willing, our next class will be in Yerushalayim Ira Kodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.